If you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, once again, if you have your Bibles. If you don't, we ain't judging you. So I'm going to read verses 1 through 4. It says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In the day and age when we can tweet every good act and we can Instagram every time we're taking care of the poor or we just put it up on Facebook, it's hard to decipher when someone is giving because they really care about the needy and the oppressed and the poor and the downtrodden on the giving because they want to be praised by man. You see, the church is not like the business world where we write eight by four foot checks with our name on it so people can see that we're giving to the poor. The church is called to do that in the shadows. We are called to do it for the glory of God because we are moved by the gospel to take care of the poor because God's heart is for the poor and the vehicle which he takes care of the poor is through the church, his bride, his body, the Christ of Christ. Not the body, the Christ. But he calls us as his people to be the hands that give to the needy and the broken. And he calls us among all people to have hearts that burn for the oppressed and the poor. But in today's day and age, we can quickly forget about those who are less fortunate. We're more worried about our luxuries, and I'm speaking to myself. We're worried about our kitchen countertops and the size of our flat screen TV and the rims on our car more than we're worried about the poor and the oppressed and the downtrodden who Jesus laid down his life for. We of all people should be giving the most to the poor. Do you guys hear me? The problem I see in the church is don't we need bigger houses or better cars? It's we need smaller houses and used cars. Because the poor are with us and they need to be taken care of. And they don't need to be taken care of so our church looks better. So we post a nice blog where it just is a piece of bread in your hand giving to someone who's hungry. See me? Like that. We don't need that. We need to be giving to the poor because our hearts are broken. And we see that God gave us everything when we were poor in spirit. Everything. The beauties of being a part of a church is that you don't have to become an actor. Is there anything worse than playing a role when you come to certain places? Of saying certain words like, thou be blessed when you move away from this place. Who talks like that in the streets? Don't talk like that in there. Right? When you've got to play a role, it's torture. You go home and you're exhausted, right? There's nothing like when you have to try to put on a performance for someone. You're just exhausted and you don't know why. You slept 14 hours and you go home tired just with people for two hours because you were acting for two hours, right? You're trying to look a certain way to please them. To act. The gospel says you never have to act another day in your life. 
You can be who you are because Christ died for you in all your messiness. And I thank God we don't have to be the business world. I, I was in Texas, man, and Texas is, if you're from Texas, I still love you, but man, this is a funny place out there. I'm at this hotel, and in the morning I just had to take a walk. So I'm walking around early morning, and I see these two business brothers, right? They got their suits on. They ain't a real smile in the place. You know, everyone's just, <laughs> just walking. You know, and I'm like, this ain't nothing authentic about this walk right here. And all of a sudden, I'm walking kind of parallel to them, and they stop, and they're about to shake hands. And before they shake hands, they realize no one's taking a picture of them shaking hands. Go, hey, you! You take a picture of us shaking hands? I said, I guess so. And you, it was all cheese, man. There was nothing real. I don't even think these guys liked each other. And they stopped in this perfect pose, and they were just like, and I said, oh, no. We should never have to do that. When we're following Jesus. When we put our money in the offering basket, please don't blow a trumpet. No one cares about the dollar you gave. (laughs) I'm only playing. If you give a dollar, God bless you. If you're giving some bread, please don't get someone to come up and take you just in in the right shot. It's not about that. It's about pleasing God and doing everything we do, our acts of righteousness to please God. Do you know if no one ever saw the good deeds that you do in your life that no one sees? That doesn't matter in God's eyes. In fact, it's the ones who God honors the most are the ones who don't go looking for the fame and the fortune and the praise of man. They might not even receive it here on earth. But when you see your heavenly Father, this is going to be a well done, my good and faithful servant. Come receive your reward. We don't do our good deeds to be praised by man. Because I'll tell you what, our God doesn't waver. And he will reward you for what you do authentically. But people's praise goes up and down. Can I get an amen? Someone will like you as long as you do tricks and act the way you want, they want you to act. Do one thing they don't like. Can you believe this? Oh, I don't like them. I do like them. They're my BFF. They're not my BFF. We never really were BFFs. Like that's what happens with the praise of man. But with God, he honors everything that is done from a pure heart. And that's where your reward will be. So let's start here just in the context of the scripture so you understand. Because Jesus is constantly saying, don't do stuff like these religious leaders. So I'm an electrician. And when I see people do stuff in their home and wire it, I'm just scared for homes. I'm surprised more homes don't burn down. Like, I'm serious. I saw a few brothers that were just, I don't know what happened to them. I saw a few bears in their hands, so I think they made some bad decisions. They were in this little pool, and they decided that they needed a plug for their radio in that pool. You know where I'm going with this. They cut off Pepsi bottles and plastic and floated a plug in the middle of their pool, and all sitting there like buffoons, just on the things, drinking their beer with a live plug in the swimming pool. Guess what I would do if I'm teaching a lesson about mounting a GFI-protected plug near places where there's water? I'd say, you see this right here? Don't do it like this. these guys. This is how it's done. So Jesus is constantly saying, don't do it like the Pharisees who are blowing trumpets, who are sitting in the best places, who want to be called by certain titles. Don't do it like them. This is how you do it. What they were doing is... 
they were going up to the offering boxes and wanted a lot of attention brought to them so people could see that they were giving. So what almsgiving, what they're talking about here, almsgiving, because God has always commanded his people to have a heart for the poor, to a degree that there were, it was written into the laws that you had to give <clears throat> a certain amount to the poor. And so almsgiving was, they did it in two different ways. In the synagogue or the temple or the church where they met, there was a chest. And every Sunday where they came, they set aside a certain amount to give to the poor. Okay? Or they had a little collection plate where you could put food or money in. And it was tied into following Jesus or loving the one God during that time. That if you love God, it meant you had to give to the poor. Because how could you love God and not give to the poor? So these were set up so that it got to the point there was no beggars in the streets. The people of God were so good about giving to the poor that you couldn't find people who were hungry because there were no beggars in the street because the church or the synagogue or the people of God, the covenant people, were taking care of the poor. Isn't that something that's beautiful? Isn't that awesome? So that was their way of life. But it, came, it became so closely connected with practicing righteousness and giving to the poor that the, the Pharisees noticed that. And they said, we've got to use this to our advantage. Because what was the treasure of the Pharisees? The praise of man. That's what they lived for. They lived for the applause of man. They lived to be praised. They lived for people to kiss their ring. And so what they started doing was make it all about them. When giving to the poor was never meant to be about the praise of man. It was meant to be about giving to the poor because they needed it. Do you know the root word in Greek for hypocrite? You know what it means? Actor. It means an actor. Someone who's playing a role. The Pharisees, religious leaders, and many of us at times, and many of the people of the day, they learned how to play the right role to be seen by people to look religious. Isn't there a temptation in that? There's such a temptation to look a certain way so people will think you're doing the right thing. Like an outward conformity when inwardly we're absolutely rebellious against God. You know, actors have this down. Just by chance, they get caught adopting a, a child in a impoverished nation. It just happens there's seven channels there, right? It just happens on the, on the front of People magazine. Like, you can't do that in secret? No, they want to be seen. They want to be seen. Actors want to play a role so they can get praised by people. It just so happens they're in the, in the village where they have no food, and they're giving it out, and everyone's videotaping it. And it's just at the time where their popularity is going down, so they want to be looked at as charitable. That's what actors do. They know what moves to make so people will praise them again, so they get more Twitter followers, more likes, more fan page action. That that's what actors know how to do. And this is what the Pharisees knew how to do. They knew how to, the right time when people would be watching to go up to that offering box and to give. Now, what does Jesus say? He says, don't do it like this. This is how you should do it. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. This is pretty heavy, right? How do you hide from your left hand what your right hand is doing? He's saying the same hand that's holding the check... One hand's holding the checkbook, the other one's writing the check, but don't let them communicate. That's deep and heavy stuff. Now, I don't want you paranoid at the worship, the offering box today, right? Everyone's bugging out like, do they think that I'm doing this because of this? No, but there has been things woven into our culture as a church that have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. I went to a church um, service one time. I'm telling this this church is local. This church is big. This church has sold buildings, made money, got bigger buildings. Have you ever heard of the prosperity gospel? That foolishness? 
I'm in this service, and I'm not, I can't make this stuff up. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. There's something wrong with us. There's an evangelist up there who is singing songs, and he starts singing, Give, and it will come back to you, and he's dancing. And this place is packed out. He opens up his pocket, give, and it will come back to you. People are getting up out of their seats and putting money in his pocket. Local. A thousand likes on Facebook. New buildings. People dancing up, looking at him with like $10 bills like, this can't really be happening right now. It went on for over an hour. And you know why people were giving? Because it would get them more money. If your motivation for giving to the poor is so that you have more money, you have missed the point. We don't give to the poor so we have big houses. We give to the poor because they need it, because God commands it, because God's heart is for the poor. Do you guys hear what I'm preaching? But you can fill places by telling people you become a millionaire if you give. What if I told you you become poor if you give? Would you still give? You'd be like Jesus if you did. Because he gave it all. He didn't hold back. He gave it all. We give to the poor because we want to be like Christ. Not because we'll come millionaires. Not because we'll even have large savings. You know the people who gave the most in the Old Testament to the poor? The people who had the least. It's not the people who gave out of their abundance. It's the people who gave out of their poverty. Apostle Paul says, I thank you for giving out of your poverty. We don't know what poverty is. Poverty for us is not having a new car. Poverty for us is we can't eat it all three times this week. Poverty for us is that we have, it don't even make sense. You guys know what I'm getting at. It's not poverty. Go to other places of the world. You are absolutely rich. Stop complaining about being poor. And if you really are poor, you know we'll take care of you. You know that's truth. But you guys ain't poor. You just want another roast beef this week. True story. And I'm, just, I'm trying to shake us out of our complacency. And I'm preaching to myself. Let's shake out of this place. This is what Sermon on Mount's will do. Shake us out of our foolishness. And compel us to be moved and energized by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want us to hear God's heart for the poor. Um, there's so many scriptures because... I've been reading the word, man, and I'm blown away at how many scriptures talk about God talks about taking care of the poor. I'm just going to read three to you so we get an idea of it. Deuteronomy 15, 11, For there will never cease to be poor in the land. Therefore, I command you, you shall open wide your hand, open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in your land. Psalm 112, 9 says, He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. Talking about God. How does he give to the poor? Through our hands. Psalm 112.9 says he has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Let's read that scripture twice. I'm sorry. Daniel 4.26. Whose car is beeping outside. We're watching you. Therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed that there may be perhaps be lengthening of your prosperity. God's heart is for the needy and he calls us to do the same. Now, how many people have had feelings to help the poor 
but it never crosses over to actually doing it in action. A lot of us have, right? Feelings mean nothing unless they're accompanied by action. A lot of people have good feelings that never follow through and their feelings amount to nothing. Everyone heartbreaks when you see someone on TV that doesn't have money or that video, that's so beautiful. But it has to be followed with action. So I want to talk about ways because I don't think so much, you've got to talk to your congregation what you think the needs are. I don't think so much our need is to be seen. I don't see people in this church trying to draw attention to them giving money. If anything, there's, there's more cash than checks. We're rolling like, you know, we're rolling like the mafia around here. You look in the offering box, everyone's giving cash. What are you guys doing? Please keep giving. But I don't think our problem as a church, we want to keep our, really watch and make sure we don't give so people can see. But our problem is more giving to the poor, giving to the needy. I don't think it's, we're Bostonians, there's a lot of raw authenticity in us. Like, we, we smell when someone's not being, you know, authentic. It's like, you ain't being real, man. Like, we smell that stuff rather than, our problem is we're the least charitable state in the nation. In the nation, the least charitable state. Do you see that we're missing something when it comes to the gospel in the poor? So let's start about this way. I just want to give you some practical stuff. First of all, please do a budget when you come to financial stuff. If you're not doing a budget, I encourage you to grow in that. Because to do anything intentionally financially, and God cares about how we use our money, you have to do a budget. Okay? Put an intentional line in your budget marked for giving to the poor. If just like anything else in your life, if you don't intentionally say, I'm doing this, you're not going to do it. There has to be an intentional line to give to the poor. Here's the big one. Make the necessary sacrifices, such as less vacation trips or no vacation. Did I just say a cuss word when I said no vacation? People are just like, how dare you say that? Dare you make me sacrifice? Listen, I'm not saying don't take no vacation. But if it comes down to it and the poor need to be taken care of, I'm skipping my vacation. Not because I'm more righteous, because God had too much grace on me to me be playing around with his money. What if we ate out less? I've never seen a place that eats out more. Have you walked through Market Street at night? What if everyone just said that night, I thought about this last night, everyone at Market Street absolutely packed out and said, you know what, the money we were going to use to eat out, we're going to give to the poor. You know what that do to this town, to this region? People would be fed. People would be sheltered. Kids would be, you know how many homeless children there are out there? You know who's called to take care of them? Us. We need to stop spend, we need to spend less money on our luxuries and more on the necessity of others. Guys, hear me with this. This is upside down right here. This is upside down. When you look at your budget and all the lines of luxuries, you need to ask yourself some questions. Where are the lines for the poor? Where are the lines for the poor in spirit in the mission of God? And why are they, if they even exist, so substantially less than the luxuries in my life? These are important practical things to ask yourself. And this is... So what I hear from people is, our visions are, what even myself in there, bigger house, better car, more vacations. We need, really need to have a vision for a smaller house, used cars, 
and secondhand clothes. Like that needs to be part of us if it comes to that. Like if it comes, my sister bought me this shirt for a wedding. I know you're judging me right now. She bought me these jeans. You guys know I wear them every week. I'm not saying don't buy new clothes, but I'm saying if it came to having secondhand clothes and you taking care of the poor, it should be the poor every time. I know this is countercultural, man, in Boston, but this is more like Jesus. This is more like Jesus. Set aside, and I want to talk because at the end of your life, no one's going to say, I wish I went to Bob's Roast Beef more. All right, give me 10 more minutes. They got, if you get the three-way, man, it'll blow your mind. Like, no one's going to ask to go to Bob's Roast Beef. They're going to say, man, I wish I did more for those who are in need. Everyone see Schindler's List? What happened at the end of that? That was one of the most moving scenes. He saved the lives of 1,100 people. 1,100. But when they were giving him the letter and they all were there, you know what? He didn't rejoice in the 1,100. He said, I could have did more. And this statement should really get us. And I want us to ask ourselves this question. He said to the guy, I threw so much money away. How many of us have thrown so much money away on ourselves? Can we be honest? How many of us? Thank you for being honest. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest right here. That's what has happening with us as the people of God. We're throwing so much money away on ourselves and our luxuries that when we say we have nothing left to give to the poor or give to the mission of God in the church, what we're saying is our affections are more for our luxuries than they are for the mission of God and the poor. Guys, this is straight truth. This is Jesus' truth. And this is stuff that really changed your life. Because so many of us are just bound by our finances, bound by our money. And we need to be set free to give it away to those who need it. Now, so I want to talk in practical ways because people are starting to really get mad at me because saying, Joey, you're the other way when it comes to money. Like, you know how all pastors are up here and the first thing they say is, thank you for joining this church, give 10%. People are coming up to say to me and say, Joey, you're not saying enough on money. Members of this church are saying you're too much the other way because we need to grow in financial responsibility and you're not letting the people know. And this is one of my goals this year. I hate it. I hate even having a hint. I don't want you guys, and this is my people pleasing problem. I don't want you ever to think about money so I'm the other way and it's affected us as a church. So I'm getting rebuked by some members and other pastors. So I'm doing my best. But these are some things. To me, when I give an offering, it's a holy time for me. And I want to be honest. It's just a holy time for me. I walk up to the offering box, and I, I have the privilege of being here early, so no one's really here, so I don't got to worry about being secret. <laughs> and don't even worry about that when you give, but I'm saying, I really take a moment, and I thank God that he's given me the hands and the minds and the heart to make money. You know, there's some people who can't. You know, I say, wow, Lord, you're still blessing me. I can't believe I can still provide for my family. In my mind, I live luxurious. You know what I mean? My house is 948 square feet. I feel like it's a mansion. I really do. Because I realize as reading books and looking at like, most of the world doesn't live like that. Most of the world, I have central air. Some people don't like central air. They give me a look. I need it. My allergies. You want to send the pollen? I already, I got to put 100 gallons, 200 gallons at the beginning of the winter in my oil tank because I put money aside. 
You know, a lot of people will run out of oil this winter. I'm living in absolute luxury compared to the rest of the world. So when I go up to that offering box, I start with gratitude. And once again, you can do it in your own way. I just want to get at the heart of the matter because I want us to be a people who give. I want us people who get this. Not so people think we're the church that gives. So people will be taken care of who needs to and the mission God will be taken care of. Joy, my joy comes in the fact that God is pleased with that I'm giving. There was a day he didn't have my heart in giving. You know who I was? I was that guy who they asked me, I was a worship leader for a while. I served three times as the worship leader, so I said, I'm paying my dues. I don't have to give money because I help by serving. And I was that guy who always had the problem, like, how are they spending my money? I'm giving. How are they spending my money, man? I don't know why I'm going hood. But I was like, I was like, I ain't giving because I don't like the way they spend their money. Let me say to this in all honesty. If you don't trust your leadership to handle the money with high congregation involvement and membership, you shouldn't be at the church. In all honesty, you know we don't hold people here. And no one's ever said they don't trust, but I'll be honest. I shouldn't have been in that church because I didn't trust the leadership. If you're worried about the money being stewarded, that's a big sign that that church is not healthy, transparent, and you shouldn't be there. So if you're at a place, you shouldn't be there. And if you feel like that at Restoration Road, I'd love for you to have a conversation because we're fully transparent about everything. But if you get to the point where you don't trust the leadership, then you need to go to a place where you can trust the leadership. That's a huge thing. But I didn't trust the leadership, so I didn't give. And in my church, there was good reason not to trust the leadership, and it came out. But I stayed there way too long when I should have been saying, I need to go to a place where I'm giving the first fruits to a place that I believe in the mission of God and where I can give to the poor. And a place that has, like, we have a certain percentage we give to the poor. So everything you give, a certain percentage goes to the poor, and you can still give outside of that to the poor when you run into people with needs. So I thank the Lord that he finally got my heart because in my early 20s, I didn't give. I thought it was nothing. I said, let everyone else carry the load. Let everyone else give. And that was a wrong heart, so I think I find joy in that the Lord finally got my heart. And when I give, it's to please him because he alone sees what I give. I'm content. We need to find contentment in our sacrifice. If you're weeping when you let go of that check and it's not because you were given, because you lost it, you need to find contentment in the fact that God has called you to a life of sacrifice. That kind of peace in there. This is one of my greatest ones, and, and men and women, we really need to think of this. Find strength in the truth that you are fighting for the poor in spirit and those who are poor in possessions. We should be fighting with our money for those who are poor in spirit and those who are poor in possessions. Live your life for that truth. Let our legacy before God be and we're fighting for the weak and oppressed and having the heart of God. That we're not living luxurious, that we're sacrificing, we're content so we can give more to the poor. Do all this giving, not so you can look righteous before men, but because it is righteous before God. Restoration Road, I pray that we're people that have that kind of heart. A heart for the kingdom of God and a heart for the poor and the oppressed. And I pray that this season, as a church, that we give more to the mission of God, the poor in spirit, and we give more to those who are poor, both in church and outside of church. There might be a family that you need to fill up their oil tank this season because you can do it. There might be a family that you just need to leave some cash so the, the single mom can buy some toys for her children this winter. That might need to happen. All those things, do it in the shadows. 
Do it in secret to please God and not man. Amen.